Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the Tea Biz Portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Increased food safety testing of Indian tea reveals a 42% failure rate. Kenya tea growers report double-digit increases in volume on favorable weather. And Kumon growers break ground on their community-owned factory in the Himalayas. Plus, coverage of the recently concluded 25th session of the United Nations FAO Intergovernmental Group on Tea continues this week as Managing Editor Arvinda Anantharaman debriefs Joydeep Pukhan, Secretary of India's Tea Research Association and the Principal Officer at the Tuklai Tea Research Center in Jorhat, Assam. They engage in a wide-ranging chat on the benefits of regenerative agriculture in combating a changing climate, enhancing trade, elevating smallholders, and marketing healthy hydration to youth. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Elliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Last October, following an audit critical of the tea industry's diligence in monitoring tea factories and regulating the use of pesticides, India's Food Safety and Standards Authority, FSSAI, announced it would expand sampling at its 220 mobile testing and 247 accredited laboratories. In January, the Tea Board of India reported that 42% of the 245 tea samples failed to meet FSSAI norms, prompting the Assam Tribune to write, quote, The findings of the FSSAI are not something unexpected given that the use of prohibited pesticides and chemicals has been rampant across tea estates. This failure to stick to quality norms has, in fact, affected our exports for some time now, end quote. The Indian Tea Association writes that stakeholders in the value chain, 
namely producers, buyers, and packeteers, are responsible, law-abiding entities providing the Indian consumer with a safe and sustainable cup of tea. ITA Secretary General R.G. Raha said ITA supports comprehensive testing to check compliance. He said that testing is being done regularly by tea producers and buyers. The testing protocol includes FSSAI prescribed plant protection formulations and covers testing of banned chemicals. Raha told the statesman, quote, there is, however, a need to create further testing infrastructure, including a testing mechanism for green leaf. The Indian Tea Association has flagged this with the appropriate authorities, end quote. The use of pesticides is so widespread that some observers predict the crackdown will result in declining yields. Quote, production will fall because the softer pesticide chemical cannot kill the pests as effectively as those banned. Secondly, people cannot easily get away from bad habits, so I feel some will still use the banned chemicals, get caught, and in that way, tea will be destroyed, said former tea board chairman Prabhnath Besbara in the New Indian Express. Concern has since expanded to imports. Tests of 36 samples of Nepal tea reveal 14 failed to meet FSSI standards, mainly due to residues indicating the use of prohibited pesticides. In January, after meeting with stakeholders, Union Commerce Minister Piyush Goyal directed FSSI to increase the testing of imported teas for compliance with quality norms. Concerns raised about the quality of imported tea apply to domestic teas as well, said Board Chairman Omdareep Singh Bahatia. The present testing protocol allows tests of 36 chemicals for tea. FSSII now screens for all 20 pesticides banned in growing tea. Under the Food Safety Standards Act, laboratories must also test for contaminants, toxins, and residues. During the eight months ending August, India imported 14.75 million kilos of tea. Nepal was a top supplier at 8.1 million kilos, with an additional 3.1 million kilos from Kenya and 1.2 million kilos from Vietnam. During the same period in 2022, India imported 17.8 million kilos of tea. Business Insight FSSAI CEO G. Kamala Vardhana Rao stressed the importance of switching to biopesticides to ensure safety and quality. Rao supports harmonizing standards at the Codex Alimentaris Commission level. There are 180 Codex member countries. Every country has set its limits on food quality standards. Rao said tea must be free from, quote, extraneous matter, added coloring, and harmful substances. The guidelines say that pesticides cannot exceed the maximum residue limit, or MRLs. Favorable rainfall boosted early season production by 15% among Kenya Tea Development Agency smallholder growers who have seen improved prices despite a glut of tea. KTDA Group Executive Wilson Mithura told Nairobi-based People Daily, quote, 
We are working around the clock to push as much tea as possible with other stakeholders, including government agencies. Our single focus remains improving the earnings for farmers, he said. From June 2023 through January 31, 2024, the average price of KTDA teas increased by 3% from $2.70 per kilo, it's about 389 Kenyan shillings, to $2.78 per kilo, about 400 Kenyan shillings per kilo. In September 2023, KTDA announced a record 44 billion shilling final payout to smallholder tea farmers that lifted farmers' total earnings for the year by 7.6%, setting an all-time high of 67 billion shillings, or about 630 million U.S. dollars. According to the Tea Board of Kenya, tea output for the first 10 months of 2023 rose 8.6% to 412 million kilos through October. Production by KTDA growers has increased by 15.2% since June, with farmers west of the Rift Valley benefiting from El Nino rains. Growers also applied more fertilizer as the cost of urea retreated from record highs per ton. In 2021, fertilizer prices increased by 143% to an all-time high of 1,050 per ton in April 2022, before descending to historical prices that hover around $500 per ton. Urea prices rose by 22.5% in 2024. Greenleaf production rose to 763 million kilos compared to 663 million kilos of green leaf delivered to KTDA-managed factories during the same seven-month period, ending in January on the 31st. Demand at auction enabled KTDA factories to increase payments to smallholders by four shillings to a total of 24 shillings per kilo for green leaf harvested west of the rift, while factories east of the rift increased their rate from 21 to 25 shillings per kilo in January 2024. KTDA sold 152 million kilos of processed tea compared to 148 million kilograms within the same period last year, representing a 2.8% increase in sales mainly for export. Primary trading partners include Russia, Pakistan, Sudan, Egypt, Afghanistan, and the United Kingdom. Smallholder farmers in the Komon region of the Indian Himalayas broke ground this week for a factory they will own and operate in partnership with U.S.-based Young Mountain Tea. Kumon Tea co-founder Raj Vrabel said the first-of-its-kind factory ushers in a new era of economic resiliency and autonomy for local farmers. The project was financed by the USAID Cooperative Development Program, U.S.-based Frontier Co-op, Acumen, and Desmond Birkbeck, a multi-generation Kumon Tea farmer who has been the project's primary on-the-ground champion and investor. Vrabel explains that Kumon's tea farmers, 90% of whom are women, will earn up to five times commodity rates for their harvest, with additional income through their collective ownership in the factory. 
Pomon was once known for its quality tea, but suffered catastrophic landslides that destroyed infrastructure and limited access to the region. At that time, quote, Indian tea farmers didn't own any aspect of the trade. The land, the tea factories, not even their homes. The legacy of this colonial origins still impacts farmers today, he said. Rebel added, Kumon Tea is set to redefine the Indian tea industry through a commitment to farmer equity, regenerative agricultural practices, and world-class teas. The 170-year-old heritage Kumon Tea bushes, some of the oldest in India, produce black, white, and green teas with bright, complex flavors like the best from Darjeeling. The tea is grown at 4,000 to 6,000 feet above sea level. The high elevation contributes to the distinctive flavor profile of the tea as cooler temperatures allow the more robust flavors to develop thanks to slower growth and beneficial environmental stressors. Samples of the first four organic teas from the factory will be available in June and will ship to buyers in September. Next, Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports this week's India Tea News. India Tea News for the week ending 1st March 2024. In headlines this week, Tata Tea is under scrutiny again as Shanta Chetri a former parliamentarian from Kershong has written to the offices of the Prime Minister of India and the Commerce Minister, raising concerns about Tata consumer products, consumer packs. She has said that the company blends the tea with those from Nepal, which does not meet safety standards and is unsafe for consumption. She has urged the food safety regulator FSSAI and the tea board to test the tea for MRL levels of banned pesticides. The company has responded that they do not import directly from Nepal, and that any Nepalese tea in blends is sourced from Indian traders. Tata has explained that their teas are rigorously tested within the company and deemed safe for consumption. must be noted that in 2021, Tata tea in Darjeeling were at loggerheads when the tea board prohibited blending of imported teas with GI-protected Darjeeling, Assam, Kangra and Nilgiri teas. A year later, this ban was lifted. In other news, Indian government mandates 100% of dust to be sold at auction. The amendment of the Tea Marketing Control Order 2003 will come into force from 1st April 2024. And one of the directives of the new order is that 50% compulsory sale of all tea and 100% sale of dust grades via the public auctions starting 1st April. And this order is targeted at estates in North India, which covers Arunachal Pradesh, Assam, Bihar, Himachal Pradesh, Meghalaya, Mizoram, Nagaland, Sikkim, Tripura, Uttarakhand, and West Bengal. Dust grades account for 25% of Assam and West Bengal tea production. Retail prices for CTC dust are currently at 160 to 190 rupees per kilo. And the move is thought to support greater compliance of tea towards boosting exports, but industry stakeholders are divided in their opinion on this move. And uh, lastly, Atul Astana, Managing Director and the CEO of the Goodrick Group Limited, has resigned after 39 years with the company. The Goodrick Group includes 18 storied gardens, including Turbo, Padamtam, Panspek in, in Darjeeling, Nonaipara in Assam, and Hope in, Duars, in the Duars. Astana led the company to years of profitability, retaining its position as a top contender in the tea market. 
who is also an active supporter of the tea industry and currently chairman of the Indian Tea Association. The decision to resign, he has said, was for personal reasons. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Nish. I grew up in an organic tea farm and founded Nepal Tea Collective in 2016. Tea is not just a beverage for me, but a catalyst for social change, sustainably empowering hardworking artisans like my parents for the past 30 years. I'm on a mission to make the whole world aware of the goodness of Nepali teas and the good that comes from supporting growers in this remarkable land. If you haven't tasted Nepali teas yet, you're missing out. Our award-winning teas are making headlines. Find out why. Visit Nepal Tea Collective's website to get a free sample of this extraordinary taste of the Himalayas. That's nepalteacollective.com. Or just send me an email at nish, N-I-S-H, at nepalteacollective.com. Cheers. Coverage of the recently concluded 25th session of the United Nations FAO Intergovernmental Group on Tea continues this week as Managing Editor Arvinda Anantharaman debriefs Joydeep Pukhan, Secretary of India's Tea Research Association and the Principal Officer at the Tuklai Tea Research Center in Jorhat, Assam. They engage in a wide-ranging chat on the benefits of regenerative agriculture in combating a changing climate enhancing trade, elevating smallholders, and marketing healthy hydration to youth. In in January this year, the Tea Research Association of India hosted a two-day event to commemorate 200 years of Assam tea. It was called the Bicentenary Assam Tea International Conference 2024. The event was spearheaded by Joydeep Fukan, Principal Officer and Secretary TRA. So we caught up with Joydeep to hear about what went into the planning of the event and what he hopes guests have taken away from it. It was really nice to be there and at Batik and to meet everyone, attend some of the sessions. The last time we spoke for TBiz was on the FAO IGG session that was being hosted by India. And of course, a bicentennial celebration was added to it. So can you tell us a little bit about what went into planning these events? When we had the uh, the, the uh, Hangzhou session of the FAO IGG, uh, that was in that was the twenty third session, which was held in May two thousand eighteen. So India proposed to host the uh, the next session, that is the twenty fourth session of the FAO IGG in India. We had hosted uh, in two thousand ten also in Delhi, and during that time. Uh, it was three days of the FAO IGG on tea, and which was preceded by the uh, 100 years of uh, centenary of Tokla, actually. So uh, when it was decided that like it's going to be held in uh, India in 2020, the whole FAO IGG session got postponed by nearly three years. Uh, we decided to uh, host the, the bicentenary conference of Assam tea. So back to back on the same format, like two days of the Bicentennial Assam Tea Conference, followed by the 25th session of the FAO IGG. In fact, both, if you see, those are landmarks like 200 years plus 25th session of the FAO IGG. Not many big uh, tea meetings have been held in uh, Assam. And uh, for 
holding this meeting i think the full credit goes to our honorable commerce minister piyush goel ji uh, when the proposal was uh, put up uh, by the commerce ministry so mr goel straight away said that like see if it's tea it has to be held in uh, guwahati in assam i i felt good because i belong to guwahati although there are some challenges in terms of uh, the, the 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 local uh, logistics and and the infrastructure but i think uh, people uh, enjoyed and we had a lot of programs outdoors actually weather was very good i think the choice of sessions at patik and also later the igg are all things that reflect the current concerns of the tea industry whether it's in marketing of tea or adopting technology or regenerative agriculture is there something here that you'd like to share about what went into putting together the program and some of the takeaways that you're particularly excited by the the whole idea of the bicentennial assembly conference was to take a stock of what we have done in the last 200 years it's kind of a spot analysis kind of a thing because since assam produces more than 50% so if we do a analysis of assam then we can extrapolate uh, into uh, bengal and uh, and south india we are producing more teas than uh, than we are consuming actually but the one side is that is you can cut production and then like then it's it's like there is a stop gap arrangement actually see until but the main long term uh, goal is to create uh, more demand for tea and wherein everyone uh, becomes uh, more uh, like everyone participates like if the industry does well the the small growers does well the organized sector does well and the entire value chain in the tea industry uh, so initially in fact we thought of getting the starbucks uh, chief uh, ceo also as one of the speakers as one of the um, um, another keynote speaker but uh, since he is heading starbucks and then uh, so i think there was a more of a communication or the pr issue the general perception among people is that coffee is seen to be more trendy uh, more happening among the younger generation so the idea was that like see maybe we get a tea person who's done well we get a, a coffee person uh, who's heading on the largest coffee chains uh, in the world and in india also they expanding and then uh, we have a different perspective especially in china japan uh, taiwan uh, they have done really well in repositioning tea in fact you see if you see in china from 95 to about 2010 it was a big boom for the ready to drink teas the rtds uh, replaced or is at par with water in china then uh, then after that they have innovated with different uh, formats like bubble tea then uh, so so those kind of uh, things then uh, the new format kind of stores like so they are using quite a lot of technology in terms of uh, bringing in the youngsters into tea so uh, the other thing was that like see how we can learn from uh, these uh, countries like china japan taiwan and other southeast asian countries so that is why uh, we of course language would have been a problem because and thanks to linkedin uh, i connected with uh, james greeland james has been there for the last 30 years in china and he knows how the whole industry has evolved so that's why he could uh, make it and he was articulate in presenting uh, to our audience uh what is happening actually so basically to learn about uh, what is happening in in more mature markets and what we can learn from those uh, things in repositioning tea 
we had a special session it was uh, on tea promotion and tea exports wherein mr harish bijur uh, who's a branding expert and uh, in fact one thing which was very surprising to hear from him is that like what he was telling about the uh, gen alpha the alpha generation the from 2010 to 2025 if you recall he said that only 4% of the gen alpha is in, into tea so uh, that's actually very very small percentage actually and these are the generation which are going to basically drive uh, consumption but a lot of serious uh, thoughts which he has given in, in in to the policy makers in how to address the problem actually because we are producing every year we are having maybe 3% 4% extra production uh, like it is increasing but on the demand side if you are not taking care of the situation then i think we are in for a real problem actually the session on marketing in particular brought such different perspectives and i think it shook us all out of the way we've been thinking about marketing tea and what we may need to revisit in terms of some of our own ideas on how to promote tea but also where the urgent focus needs to be there's a lot of uh, negativity or is negativity in the industry regarding prices overproduction and last year 2023 was a very bad year actually for the indian tea industry and even globally also so in this context to have this uh, events both the events uh, it was really a challenging thing because we were having uh, our, our conference on 29 30th and followed by the fao of course fao is these are these are more government nominated delegates but uh, our target for the conference was about around say 300 people so by 31st december when we had the early bird cut off registration date so we had only about 75 people actually so i would basically i'm why i'm coming here is that like see we we use social media in a in a big way like basically approaching to people who are coming in and then give asking for their videos for their interview short interviews posting on instagram instagram what i see is is really like it helps it connects uh, to people on the back end we see like the kind of engagements which it is happening we close around nearly about 450 delegates actually so i i feel like uh, for the industry it's it's a big learning lesson and most of the companies are there but only thing is that let's see how we project uh, to the crowd or to the uh, audience uh, for for drinking tea or for positioning tea i think that is important actually it was good to see so many from the industry at one event and also the networking event in particular i thought many planters were interested in the session on regenerative agriculture because many questions were being asked uh, so the first presentation was to to lay uh, the problem uh, in front of the audience where we stand actually, in terms of the climate change and 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 it affects uh, and the effects of climate change then basically how we can take things forward the session on uh, regenerative agriculture especially was a cross learning from the cotton industry actually so the mr borwa rajiv borwa is from the better cotton initiative and now he is a consultant with this uh, uk group called prima so uh, so basically uh, cotton industry has been little ahead of uh, tea but at the same time what we when we were discussing uh, with mr borwa on different aspects of regenerative agriculture we have seen that like see what like maybe toklai 
uh, was suggesting or ha has been suggesting of when you grow tea uh, for about 50 years, when you uproot and you rehabilitate the soil for at least 18 months to 24 months. So you, uh, you plant different uh, uh, grasses, different plants, so that like the soil is regenerated after 50 years of cultivation. And then you are, after two years of soil rehabilitation, you're back uh, ready to go for another maybe 30, 40 years of uh, planting. It's basically regenerative agriculture. What I have been seeing or hearing is that it's basically going back to the basics of doing uh, agriculture, no very no tillage or very little tillage, so that like you see, you don't disturb the soil much. So uh, then biochar, which we have been working on, so that biochar focus is very much there for regenerative agriculture. What we are trying to do is that we are trying to have takeaways from each of the sessions and try to implement it uh, in a more uh, structured manner. Actually, so we are we are having a discussion with T-Board also on how we can structure it in, in a more uh, methodical way of uh, taking it forward. There were a couple of things that came up at the IGGs into the campaign called Tea Power and also the news about the small tea grower headquarters shifting to India for the next few years. Anything about these two developments that you can share? Yeah, so basically like uh, Shabnam uh, Weber, who's heading uh, the Tea Association of Canada, uh, tea and Herbal Association of Canada. So she had made in our presentation, uh, like, uh, so it, it was uh, quite well thought out because like uh, Canada, US and uh, Australia, uh, Canada, US and UK are heading the tea and, uh, tea and health working group, uh, which was formed in 2022. So that is the youngest working group. But I think a lot of progress has been made in by that working group in terms of, uh, we had nearly about, 12 meetings over the last two years. Uh, and then we zeroed in on, uh, like, instead of going for too technical or, or more technical stuff like cardiovascular disease or maybe uh, so where we can't prove uh, without clinical trials. But we had zeroed in, the group had zeroed in on, like, sports and fitness and wellness, actually, and even beauty. Uh, how tea can enhance beauty, uh, like the skin uh, health, then uh, how it can give you endurance and this thing. So, like, so those were uh, the decisions taken in the working group, and which Shabnam had briefly presented in her presentation in the uh, in the bicentennial conference. Uh, and then later on, it was presented as a working group uh, recommendation to the FAO. Uh, wherein uh, the tea power in terms of sports, fitness, wellness was decided and how we can uh, initiate a campaign and every uh, tweet, every social media messaging will go through, uh, go, we'll have the concerned ha hashtags which has been decided upon. So I think that was a big uh, takeaway from the FAO session. Like so We discussed with a larger audience uh, in the batik. And then, like in the FAO, it was adopted as, as one of the main, main uh, key implementation thing for the next two years. The other thing is the Confederation of the International Tea Smallholders, which was it was voted in 2016 in Nairobi session, and then in 2018 uh, it was finalized in Hangzhou in China, and China was supposed to host it for the next four years, the headquarters. 
it was decided that like you see every four years it will shift from uh, different country to country so that the entire smallholder uh, can get benefited from the the host country what they have been doing on different uh, areas to promote smallholders and especially on the marketing and how how they can uh, have a better uh, return for their uh, produce so uh, india in fact if you see in the last couple of years uh, there's been a lot of focus on smallholders so government of india also when they are they are formulating the schemes for the next medium term framework they are putting more emphasis on the smallholders government of assam has put in quite a lot of uh, efforts in fact uh, they've invested i think nearly about 2 million dollars in setting up a dedicated r&d center at toklai so all this uh, what we feel is that like see, we should be able to uh, hold workshops for member countries like maybe kenya the african countries sri lanka even china and then uh, i think we can share in more information and disseminate more information among the smallholder community the other thing is that like we uh, of course uh, was if you remember in the session uh, there was a korean company called trich uh, so which they have used data analytics in a big way in trying to enhance or push exports of different commodities actually some of the companies in india especially in south india have been using uh, trich uh, solutions so we actually uh, have given or exposed to a wider audience now so once they come on like you see then i think indirectly in a in a smaller way they can find out newer markets actually so i think it's 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 a e marketplace for commodities and i hope tea can get benefited uh, through that platform the tea season is just about getting started in north india isn't it so as you look at 2024 i mean you've had a great start but what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year post igg and also post a difficult 2023 no i i feel uh, like this year is going to be crucial for the industry uh, like indian tea industry and the global tea industry uh, like more generic global tea industry but like for indian tea industry because our production is i think we are going to surpass uh, the earlier record also like you see like it's going to maybe going to touch about 1400 million kilos um Uh, for 2023 uh but at the same time now uh the compliance issues of tea has come in in a big way actually last year we had two three meetings with the uh food safety regulator which is the fssi uh and they have flagged concerns on uh, basically uh use of some compounds of that they found a, which which is not desirable actually or which is which is not approved or maybe it can, it may come through bioformulations it may come through different uh, concoctions but at the same time compliance is a big issue and we from our organization DRA we are working with all the front end companies like PCPL Hindustan Lever uh, even different member companies of DRA in trying to address this issue and and like end of this month we are starting a campaign for the next two months on on uh, good agricultural practices which more specific uh, thing on plant protection uh, uh, measures actually so what they need what people need to spray what they need to avoid what they need to test 
we have ramped up our uh, both the labs which we have in uh, TRA, one in uh, Jorat, one in Calcutta. So we have uh, we have given a package solution to quite a lot of companies. Like say earlier, one company used to test maybe say twenty samples, thirty samples. Now companies are saying that they are going to test minimum of five hundred samples to thousand samples in a year. So we have given a package deal uh, to them so that like they can test more and more for compliance. The other uh, certification agencies like Trusty, we are implementing partners of Trusty in uh, North India. So there also we are giving a special deal for the the Trusty certified uh, holders, wherein they can do it at a much cheaper cost uh, at our labs. So I think this year compliance will be an issue and, and maybe I think with more and more compliance, maybe the, the production may not like reach that, uh, like the, the 1400 million, maybe it might come down actually, since compliance has been flagged off as a major issue for this year. We are not in a very doom and gloom situation. Like you see, we have the production is there. It's only finding the market. Actually. So, and we are lucky to have a very, very strong domestic market, which is almost absorbing nearly 1200 million kilos of tea. So it's like that extra push, both domestically as well as maybe for some new countries. Uh, and then, so, so in that way, I think we need to learn from maybe other countries where they have, uh, they've been very passionate about, uh, about promoting their teas. I think uh, Sri Lanka, for instance, uh, the Sri Lankan tea board chairman was there, Mr. Niraj Dimel. And then like, uh, he couldn't come for the, for the Batik uh, conference, but he was there for the next three days. They have gone through real problems in terms of production plummeting uh, quite drastically. But they have, I think, come back. Actually, see if you see last year, they have they're going into different countries, having in, uh, agreements, and uh, uh, so they're they're basically re recapturing their uh, earlier market share wherever they were they had. Here in in India, what I have seen is that you see there's too much negativity in the industry. So that I think we need to change because definitely uh, things are going to change for the better. Right? So we need to have a strategy. Thank you, Joydeep. I look forward to seeing how things pan out, how the year shapes up, and I'm sure we'll connect again uh, during the year to see how things are progressing. And once again, congratulations on two very successful events in the kickoff 2024. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Adavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.